Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Well, good morning, church. Hey, well, it is so great to be with you today. If you're joining us online, welcome. So glad that you're with us. If you don't know me, my name is Joe. I I get to live in McCall, Idaho. I know life is so difficult um, to be in a place like that. Uh, But uh, I get to Pastor Mountain Life Church, if if you're not aware of them. Um, But for the rest of you who, who know who I am and know where we are, Greetings from your extended family up where it's a little bit cooler today. Uh, I'm so grateful to be here where I can actually wear short sleeves. Um, it's so nice to, nice to be with you. Uh, but your friends and family up there say hello and they love you. Um, and I got to be with your elders yesterday, which was a lot of fun. We got to spend the morning together and, uh, and, and pray together. And the Lord gave me a word yesterday, which I, I shared with them and... Um, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if more of, more of that um, gets, gets shared or developed, but uh, the Lord gave me a word I want to share with you this morning uh, from Ezekiel 47, and you're probably familiar with this verse. It talks about a river, so River Valley Church, you should know something about, about this, but the Lord, actually the Lord gave me a specific address yesterday, and, and, uh, and it was Ezekiel 47. Uh, and in that, in that passage, it talks about a river coming from the sanctuary. And the river, obviously, is representative of the Spirit of God. And it says, wherever the river goes, there's life. And as long as the, as long as the river is going between the banks, there's fruit and fruitfulness, and there's life, and it's teeming with life, and it's full of fish. Um, and it... And it and it, and it says, where whatever it touches bears fruit and heals because it comes from the sanctuary. And I just felt like my encouragement for you today is that you're honoring the presence of God. You taking time to put the presence of God first, not just in your worship on Sunday, um, but every, every day of the week, honoring his presence. Uh, Jesus made this promise. He said the springs of living water will well up and flow from you. And this is God's promise for you. Uh, and this is the word, River Valley Church. If, if you're part of the River Valley family, the, here's the promise. Because the Spirit of God is in you, wherever you go, there will be life. Come on. Whatever, whatever you touch, there will, it will be fruitful and there will be healing as long as the river is coming from the sanctuary. Is that okay? Can I share that? And if that's a new thing for you, it's okay. The real pastor will be here next week. Um, but it, it's super cool to get to be with you and also jump in on a series that you're in on the blessed life. This is one of my favorite teachings, one of my favorite series to do. Uh, our church has, has gone through this series and, and we touch on bits and pieces of it uh, ever so often. Um, but this, uh, this teaching that, uh, that we have gleaned from Pastor Robert Morris um, has done so much in my life and in my family uh, and in our church family. Uh, just the, the principles that are laid out really are principles for life. I mean, they're, they're from the Word of God. They are the Word of God. And, you know, there's something that's important to understand about a, a, a principle, a biblical principle. You know, there are ideas 
and there's, and there's suggestions. But then when there's a principle, a principle is like, uh, is like a natural law. It's like gravity. Um, any, anybody here like gravity? Well, you should like it because if you didn't have it, we'd be hitting our heads on the ceiling. Uh, you'd walk outside and you'd float away. Well, the older we get, the less we like gravity, right? Um, yeah, um, but, but gravity is still gravity. And, even, and whether you agree with it or not or you like it or not, if you go up on the roof and you jump off, gravity is going to be gravity. And, and the, it's the same thing with principles in the Word of God is when there is a, a, a God-established principle, it's like a natural law. Whether you like it or not, believe it or not, or have heard it or not, it doesn't matter. It is still a principle. It's still true. You can't break it. You can't violate it. You can't paint it a different color. You, can't, you, can, you can decorate it however you want, but it is still a principle of God. And so today, I want to talk to you about one of these principles, and it is called the principle of first. And here it is, uh, quite simple. And it's this, when God is first, everything else comes into order. And the, 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 the thing about this principle is it is a matter of priority, but more than just priority in terms of prioritizing our time or our expenditures or our habits, it really is a matter of order. The principle of first is a matter of the order of your life as it relates to God. And I can, I can just give you this next principle and say amen and let you go home for the rest of the day, but I won't. Lunch isn't for a while yet. Um, but it, 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 comes, it comes down to this, this principle of if, if we make God first, it's more than just saying, oh, I go to, I go to church on the first day of the week, or, um, or God is important to me and therefore I call myself a Christian. The principle of first says this, is that God being first means not just that God comes before other stuff. It means God is everything. It means he's the center. He's the central point. He's not an add-on. He's not an addition. Uh, he's, he's not something that we tack on. And we all have probably experienced it in our own lives or, or in the world around us where we like some of the principles and the teachings of Jesus we like, some of, we like some of the good stuff that it brings. We like the idea of being blessed. Anybody like the idea of being blessed? Yes. Uh, we, like the, we like the idea of being a better person. Anybody else need to be a better person? Yes. We like the idea. But, but there's this concept of, well, all I have to do is add Jesus to me. But there's a problem with that. In the principle of first, the principle of first says God must be first. If God is first, everything will be in order. Well, I can't still be me and honor the principle of first. Now, this might, this might be a, a, a little bit of a challenging, actually, it will be a challenging message today. Um, but the, the key issue in the life of every human being is who God is going to be, right? Which is why the first of the Ten Commandments has to do with God being God, God being in the first place, having no other gods. 
And we would all say, well, I don't have other gods. I don't have a Buddha. I don't have another statue or anything. Well, but the God that us, especially as Americans, are dealing with, the other God that that we are challenged with is the God of us. It's it's self. It's it's who we are. And so um, I want to first set up this idea of first is that when it when it comes to the things that we're going to talk about in in we'll talk about giving we'll talk about our time uh, we'll we'll talk about the order of our lives but none of it will matter unless it's in the proper order first God has to be first He has to be centered um, and the Bible says that He's a jealous God now jealous God isn't like a jealous junior high kid. A boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's not what it means. Jealous meaning God doesn't want to share his design spot in our lives. God wants to be number one. He, he doesn't just want to be first in line. He doesn't want to be in line. God wants to be what it's all about, why our lives exist. And the reason why so many people don't get Christianity, the reason why so many people get into Christianity, they get into the church, and then they just, they struggle, and they're like, oh, I just, I want to do better, but I can't do better, and I, I want to live right, I want to do these things, but I just can't, and it's, and it's like having a foot on either side of the fence, and it really comes down to the fact that the order in the life was never established first. We have to first establish that God has to be everything. He has to be central. Is God everything in central? Is God everything? Okay, a couple people over here. Anybody over here believe that God should be? Well, and here's the operative phrase. Now, I'm just going to be, this is going to sound like, well, who's this guy from the outside who's preaching really hard? Well, let me, let me just be real with you. This is our struggle. Is putting God in the spot in the order that he belongs to be in. And today I want to talk about how we can do that. And we're, we are going to get into some things that might that might challenge you and step on your toes just a little bit in this area. But if it's stepping on your toes, it's because it's the Holy Spirit saying these things need to be put in order so that order can be established. And there is a way for us to pay attention and have a mindset in our lives that so when we do get out of order, when we do get out of alignment, we can go, oh, okay, I need to get into alignment. Um, Anybody ever have their spine out of alignment? How's that feel? Is that fun? It's not. It's terrible. And, you know, and all it takes is one thing to be out of alignment. All it takes um, is if anyone's ever had a hip problem, all it takes is your hip to be out or your, somewhere in your lower back to be out, and then your hips are out, then your knees hurt, and then your ankles hurt, and then, every, then your hair hurts. Everything just kind of comes. Well, and that's how, spiritually, that's how it is in our lives too. All it takes is something being out of alignment and nothing else really comes into play. Well, the principle of the first is when God is first, everything else comes into alignment. Everything else comes into order. It doesn't mean that we don't have bad days. It doesn't mean that difficulty doesn't happen. Sickness happens. Death happens. Um, Bills happen, politics happen, all sorts of things happen, but the way we survive them is completely different when our life is in order than it is when our life is out of order. See, when my life is in order, I can go through all sorts of crazy things, 
and I can survive it and weather it and still weather it like a man of God. But when something is out of alignment in my, my life and difficult things happen, now it's just crazy town. Now it's a version of Joe that nobody wants to be around um, because, because it's me trying to go through it. Basically, order does this. Order establishes who God is. I don't know about you. I want to go through sickness with God being my God versus Joe being my God because he's the God who heals. I'm not. I want to go through financial hard time with him being the God of my finances because He's the God who provides. I'm the guy who spends stuff silly in a silly way. And I, and I, you know, I can rub two pennies together all day long, and I'm not going to multiply anything. And, and it's that same principle in all of our lives. So the question today is, is God really first in our lives? And uh, Exodus 13, some of you wondering if we're going to read the Bible. Yes, we are. Here we go. Open your Bible or turn or flip or tell Siri to go there, however you do it. Uh, Exodus chapter 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites. The first offspring to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me. You must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to him. Say belong. Belong. This is going to be an operative word for us today. A firstborn donkey may be bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place, but if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. Now, some of you might be like, what are you talking about? And you just talk about breaking a donkey's neck. Well, here's Here's this principle. This is the principle of the first that God is establishing. Um, and, and there are two categories of animal that I think are very fitting. There's the lambs and the goats. It's the, it's the acceptable animals. And then there's the donkeys. I won't use another terminology for donkeys, but you kind of understand. Um, and we can put this into human perspective, can't we? There are sheep and goats, or there are sheep and donkeys, don't look at anybody that you think might be a donkey at the moment, especially if it's your spouse. Uh, Pastor Tim will pray for you. <laughs> um, but so in this, this principle was, is that the firstborn belonged to God. And so because it belonged to God, you did one of two things. You either offered it of, as a sacrifice if it was an acceptable animal, um, or if it wasn't, then it had to be bought from God with an acceptable animal. So if I had a donkey and I had a sheep or a lamb, um, firstborn, um, the firstborn sheep had belonged to God, so it was sacrificed. But if I had a donkey uh, firstborn, it either had to die or another lamb who was an acceptable sacrifice had to die for the donkey. What an interesting foreshadow of God's redemptive plan, isn't it? Well, when it comes to the principle of first, it is more than just you and I putting God first. This is a principle that has existed since the very beginning. And it goes all the way back to the garden, and it goes all the way back to Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel's 
disagreement, their issue that, that got one of the brothers killed was over bringing God the first. And so the idea of, of bringing, bringing God uh, the, the first fruits or bringing God tithe is not a new thing. It's not an Old Testament thing. It's not an Old Covenant thing. It's a God thing. It is, it is one of those principles like gravity. God is first. Everything else is in order. Well, in this, in this, uh, in this passage, there's three elements I want to share with you today. And the first is this, is that the firstborn must be either sacrificed or redeemed. And I just explained uh, how, that, how that works. So, so it either is sacrificed or redeemed. And it's the firstborn of everything. So if it's the firstborn lamb, the, the lamb can be the sacrifice. It's a firstborn donkey. Something else has to be sacrificed in, in its place. But, but here's, here's the idea of this, is that the first redeems the rest. And so whatever is given first. So if you have... If you have a, a herd or if you have a, if you have a flock um, and the, you, know, you, have, you have several lambs that were born, the first one that drops is the one that is offered as a sacrifice. The rest of them don't all have to be sacrificed, only the first one. But the first one redeems all of the rest. Kind of sounds like God's firstborn son, right? Well, so if you're taking notes with me today, uh, the principle of first is when God is first, everything else comes into order. And when God gets first, the rest is blessed. And here's, and here's the idea, is that when it's not blessed, what is it? It's cursed. It's either blessed or cursed, and there's really not any in between. And this might seem like a difficult teaching, but here's the idea. Let's go back to order again. If something is first, okay, and it belongs to God, and then everything else is blessed, it means that everything else is brought into order. And so if it's out of order, then it's not going to be blessed. And so when we say that the rest is cursed, it's not like, oh, God is so mean. No, it means because you didn't bring it under God, it can't be blessed. It can't, it can't prosper. So in this, process, in, this, in this principle of first in our lives, this, isn't, this doesn't just have to do with our livestock because not everybody in the room is a, a rancher, right? Um, not everybody is in, into agriculture or ranching. Um, and this doesn't just have to do with our giving. This has to do with our lives in general. And that when, when God gets the first of us, the rest is blessed, our human nature is to give God our leftovers. But, you know, everywhere in Scripture where it speaks of this principle of first, it is, it is not for the purpose of, you know, God being this difficult miser, task driver, trying to get you, trying to, get you to, to um, suffer. It's about God who loves you, wanting you to have your life in order so he can take care of you. See, when, when, the, when the first of the flock was sacrificed, the rest was under God's covering and protection. The rest was under his provision. The rest was, was under his care. So when God gets the first, the rest is blessed. Everybody say with me, the rest is blessed. Otherwise, the rest is cursed. And I'm not going to have you repeat that one. 
And so scripturally, the tithe also is the first. And I just want to throw this idea out there, and I already mentioned it, Jesus. Jesus was God's tithe for us. God gave his first and his best, and the first, Jesus, redeemed the donkeys, redeemed the rest. And this is a principle that is not just, again, it's not impersonal to God. It's very personal because God was the first to establish it. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruit of all your increase. Say all. Okay, so we know which part of our increase, right? And the first and with the first fruit of all your increase, so your barns will be, will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. See, this isn't only a money matter. This is a time, a talent, a tithe. This, this has to do with, with every aspect of our lives. When we honor God with the first, it brings everything else into, into order so God can take care of it, so it can be blessed. I would just want to think about this principle for a moment. And some, some of us have, have habits that we've developed over time in, in walking with the Lord. And, and some of us, our habits come and go with, you know, uh, I was great with morning devotions until my son was born. And, and, then, and, then, now, and then now my morning devor- devotions are like three in the morning, five o'clock at night, and it, it was all over the place. And sometimes life happens um, but, but for those of you that have, that have that habit, when, when you put God first in your morning, your day is very different than it is when you don't. Isn't that true? It's kind of like coming to church on Sunday. Why do we go on Sunday morning? Why don't we go on Saturday in, instead of Sunday? Well, Saturday is the last day of the week. What's your week like when you start the day off worshiping or praying or fellowshipping with the body of Christ? It's better, isn't it? I mean, usually if the preaching's good, we'll see how this week goes for you. Um, but uh, but when, you, the, when the first gets in the right place, when it's given to God, then the rest can be taken care of. And, and this, this goes with our time. This goes with our, what, what, how, we, how we live in our relationship with God. This also goes with our finances. I believe this, this principle applies to every single area of our lives that we want God to be God over. Now, I just want you this week, here's your homework. I want you to list the areas of your life you don't want God to be God in. You should probably get rid of those areas. Just saying. And if golf is one, anyway, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I don't golf, so that's easy for me to say. Just don't touch hunting, okay? Um, number, the second part is that it must be brought. Now, I don't know if you caught the language or not. Exodus 23, verse 19 says, The first of your first fruits, the first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. In Malachi, the tithing verse, Malachi 3, it says, Bring the whole tithe. Now, the, the reason why it's important to use the word bring is that you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. And so if I, if I give you something to hold on to, um, I give you my iPad. Well, I got to preach from it. If I hand you my iPad and I say, okay, can I, it's time for me to get it back. 
Well, if you say, well, here, I'm going to give you the iPad, well, the terminology is actually wrong. You're not giving me something. It already belongs to me. You're bringing it back to me. And it's very specific language in Scripture when it talks about the first fruits and the tithe. It never says give. It says bring because it belongs to God. The first is his. And so in Malachi 3.7, uh, actually, I'm, uh, let me hold on just a second. Leviticus 27, uh, verse 30 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or from the soil or from fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Holy means it's set apart. It's his. Can't touch it. Shouldn't touch it. Can't take it. Why? Because it belongs to God. And this is an incredibly important principle because if the first belongs to him, then I have proper order established in my life. But as long as I still think it belongs to me, I will not have proper order. And I'm not just talking about possessions and finances. I'm also talking about my life, talking about my time. Jesus gave his life to redeem mine. Therefore, my life is not my own. And if I try to live this life like I'm still in possession, I will always be in battle with the true owner. And not only does that have to do with my life, but that, now that does affect my finances. That does affect my time. Because as, as long as I'm arguing with God over ownership, God cannot be God over that area that I need him to be ownership over. And then now Malachi, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry if you're following me, note person. Um, will a man rob God? This is Malachi 3.8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what ways have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. See, this is the part that we always quote when we're doing, passing offering baskets, for those that who still pass offering baskets in church. We read this part. See if I won't open the windows of heaven for you. And pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. We like the promise that God will have our vats overflowing and he'll rebuke the devourer. The devourer, rebuking the devourer means it's not going to wear out. It, mean, it means that the, the double tax isn't going to come. Um, the, the extra bill is going is to be pushed off. But this comes after the first part. And the first part, God is dealing with the tithe and the offering. And he says, will you rob God? Well, I used to read this and go, well, wait, like, really? Like, if I don't tithe, I'm, how am I robbing from how am I taking from God? Well, it's this principle. The first belongs to him. And therefore, if I take possession of the first, I'm taking what belongs 
to him. Now, this might sound like a difficult, uh, a difficult statement, and some of you, I can hear the wheels turning. Um, don't start flipping through your checkbook yet. Um, because this doesn't just have to do, again, with finances. This is a principle of who is center in our lives. Is God first? And if God is first, then what belongs to God belongs to God. And as long as I am, am arguing with what belongs to him, then there will always be, inter, um, there will always be ownership issues and, and struggles. Wonder why so many people don't have peace? Because they're still fighting with God over ownership. Wonder, wonder why so many of us struggle in our finances and we're stressed and we're worried and we're like, ah, it's because we're still, we're still fighting over who's going to be God over it. This is, not a, this is not a boasting in me. This is a boasting in the Lord. I, I, there have been difficult times in our finances. Um, you know, this last year, business has been slow for, for um, the business that my wife and I have. Things have been kind of difficult. But do you know, since the Lord got my heart in this area, I have not stressed over finances. It has been 25 years. And difficult things come, challenges come, and the Lord has just continued to get us through. And, and, and in those 25 years, I have not missed giving God the first of my increase. Um, there, and, and, there's, and there's been many a times where um, we didn't have the money to pay the bill, but we paid the tithe. We gave God the first. But every single time, because this is like gravity, every single time, God took care of the rest. Because the first was God's, the rest was blessed. Every single time. Doesn't mean that there wasn't, isn't difficulty and hardship and challenges. But listen, I would so much rather go through this with him being the God over my difficult financial situation than me being the God. And if you hadn't guessed, I'm a lousy God. Just... I'm just saying, and you are too, no offense. So why, why does it matter that, that God gets the first? Well, it belongs to him. Um, it's sorry for the note-taking person. I'm jumping all over the place. I mean, the notes person. Um, but so the first fruit must be brought, and the next part is that the, the tithe is the tenth. Um, Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether from grain or soil, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord, is holy to the Lord. I, I put these definitions up on the screen. I think you have them. Um, and it's these two words. The first is tithe, which literally means tenth. So if someone says, well, how much should I tithe? Tenth. Ten percent. Oh, well, I'm still praying about whether or not I should give 5%. I'm still trying to pr pray to decide whether I should give 20%. Well, when it comes to this, the tithe issue, let me just ask a question. When God tells you something, who are you going to pray to to get permission? Okay, not very many people laughed at that one. Um, I still think it's funny, but... but, but when the scripture says something very specific, why argue, right? It's just, that's what it is. But so the tithe is the 10th. And, and here's something I didn't know for the longest time. An offering actually means a contribution. 
This is the gift. You bring your tithe, you give an offering. Why? Because the tithe is the first that belongs to the Lord. The offering is what I get to bring out of my free will. And, and here's, and here's the, the best part of it, is if I have already established in my heart that the first 10% belongs to God, then actually, when, I look at, when I'm looking at my life, my finances, my time, then the 90% isn't my leftover. My 90% is my 100%. So, so every, every two weeks when I, when I get paid, my check comes in. Um, when we look at the check, we don't look at the total amount on the bottom as being what we have as ours. Why? Because we live by the principle of first. So we take the 10%, that goes to God before everything else, and then the rest of it is mine. And here's the, and this might sound like, oh, he's trying to get us to write a check. It's not my church, so someone else is going to talk to you about tithing, not me. But, but here's the best part of it. Because, because I already understand that it's his anyway, I can, I can look at that rest of it and freely go, rent car, whatever, whatever the other things are, and, and I'm not sitting there with the stress and this dilemma, and I know, I know many of us have been in this place, well, I'm not sure if I can give to God. I'm not sure if I can tithe. I'm not sure if I'm able to. And, and, and here's part of this principle. As long as, as long as other things like your mortgage or even the IRS are getting your first, you will always be stressed over how you're going to give God the rest. And, and it's always going to be this, this place of discomfort and struggle because we're trying to give God lo- leftovers. And again, it's gravity. You can't give God leftovers and expect the rest to be blessed. Okay, I need to move on because you're not getting too happy on this one. So again, the principle of first, when God is first, everything else comes into order when God gets the first, the rest is blessed. And, the, and this third part of ownership is this. When we bring the first, we acknowledge him as being first. Not only do I bring him first, he is first. God is in the proper order. And throughout scripture, this principle is established before the Mosaic law, after the law, um, after the new covenant, before and after. In fact, some would say, well, but, you know, Jesus didn't, didn't talk about the tithe. Actually, he specifically did mention the tithe, and I think this comes in another, uh, in another portion of this series uh, where Jesus says, you should still continue to do that, but then also give. So um, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Actually, um, I think we have it here. Um, and then also 9 and 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Did you catch the word acknowledge? Trust in him and acknowledge him in all of your ways. This word acknowledge means to put him in it. And this is, for, for, I would say, 
most or all of us, this is one of the struggles of our lives is making sure that we continue to acknowledge that we put God in because human nature is for us just to do it ourselves. Especially if we're independent people, especially if we're Americans, especially, I mean, we're Idahoans, right? We're pioneers. We're tough people. We're outdoors people. I live in McCall. We're tough. Well, some of us are tough, but, but it's, you know, it's cold out. You got you to gotta be tough. Well, the, the, the tendency, though, for us is to, is to always fall back into our independence, but our independence isn't what blesses us. It's our dependence on God, which gives us independence from the bad stuff. Ooh, that was good preaching. You should write that down. Okay, so the, the first portion is the redemptive part, and the first belongs to God. Exodus 13, 14. And I, and I want to I bring this to a close with this next part of this principle. Exodus 13, verse 14. And in the future, your children will, will ask you, what does all this mean? Then you will tell them, With the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of slavery. Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go. So the Lord killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of Egypt, both people and animals. Now, uh, sorry, this, that is why now I sacrifice all the firstborn males to the Lord, except that the firstborn sons are always bought back. We see God's redemptive plan all the way back in this. But this is, this is what they're saying. When your kids come to you and say, Mom, Dad, why are, why are you tithing? Mom, Dad, why, why are you, why are you getting, giving the first of your time in the morning? Mom, why do you get up early in the morning and, and go in the other room with your Bible and, and get with God. Why, why, do you, why do you do that? Why do, you, why do we go to church on Sunday? Why can't we go? You know, there's other things that we can do. Why, why do we go? And the, and the principle is this. We weren't always like this. See, we weren't always Christians. We, weren't, we didn't always have God. Without God, we wouldn't have any of this. And this, in this particular context, the kids were coming and were saying, why, Let, hey, we're in the cattle business. We're in the livestock business, and you're killing the livestock. How are we going to be productive when you're killing the firstborn or you're, you're sacrificing to God the firstborn and where we could make a profit off of that? And the answer is this, son, daughter, we weren't always ranchers. We were slaves. Our lives were not our own. We had nothing. We had no land. We had no possessions. We had nothing that we could create on our own. But God, by his mighty hand, saved us. I was having a conversation with my 14-year-old. And we've talked about giving and tithing. And we've set this example and, you know... Uh, and it's good when it's coming out of mom and dad's checkbook, that, but then when a 14-year-old gets a checkbook and, you know, teaching this principle is, can be fun and interesting. Um, but we were having a conversation, you know, and, and, you know, it's been something that he's been able to see and to get. But there was a time not long ago where we were having a conversation and, and it was cold. It was earlier this year, it was cold, the call. 
And I was like, can't we move to Florida? Can we just, can we just, can we just go? Can we just pack up and go wherever? And yeah, dad, you can get a job wherever. You can just go do whatever. I know you do other stuff. You don't have to be a pastor. You can go, you can go do whatever. And as we're having this conversation, I just said, well, okay, but I have to ask God. I have to ask God what he, what, what he wants. We need, we need to pray. Like, I don't want to go because we live in McCall. <laughs> but but I, have to, I have to ask God, well, why, do you, why can't you just do it? And I was brought back to this because my life is not my own. And not because I'm a pastor. Even if I wasn't a pastor, that decision would not be mine. Why? Because I wasn't always a rancher. I didn't, wasn't always a landowner. I wasn't always saved. I wasn't always a believer. Uh, in, in fact, I was worse. I was a slave to sin. I was a slave to old life and my old ways. I was a mess. And every time I tried to be the God of my life, it was horrible. And not only did it hurt me, it hurt everybody around me. But God, by his mighty hand, saved me. He saved me. So why do I bring God the first and the best of my finances, of my time, of my life, of my energy, of my resources? Why do I bring it to him? Because I was a slave. And he saved me. His first redeemed the rest. He gave his first and his best. It's the very least that I could do to give him the first of my life. It's the very least I could do to, to not look at my life and my possessions and my finances. It's the very least I could do to say, you saved me. Everything I have is because of you anyway, so why wouldn't I give you yours? Why wouldn't I put you first? But more important than the possession, the most important is the placement. God, when you are not the center, we're in this constant battle over who's going to be God. And I lose every time. So why not align myself with the principle of first when it comes to the, my tithe, my time, my talent, everything in my life? Why not just give in to gravity? Because gravity is going to be gravity anyway. But even more so than giving into it, it says, so that your vats will overflow. So that, see, there is a blessing. And it's not just about keeping the curse off, which is nice, by the way. But having the blessing of abundance from a life that is in alignment. So when God is first, everything else comes into order. When God gets the first, the rest is blessed. When we bring the first, we acknowledge him. We include him in that thing. And when we bring God the first, it's because of what he has done for us. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Listen, if you're here today or if you're online 
And Jesus is not the first. God is not the first in your life. The scripture makes it clear. It says, if you believe that he is who he says he is. If you believe that he is who the Bible says he is and that he gave himself for you and that he rose again, if you believe in that, all you have to say is make this declaration your first. We use the terminology, Jesus be Lord. Jesus, will you be the Lord? It means, God, will you be the first? And it's a prayer. It's a more than just a prayer. It's a, it's a statement, but it's a decision that will change the order of your life. Listen, if that's you, if you're online or if you're in the room today, it can, it can just be this simple thing by saying, Jesus, I recognize the order of my life is not right. And today is an act of my will. I put you first. The Bible says that when you do that, that you will be saved. And it doesn't just stop with that one thing. Now we get to walk it out and live it out. And we get to walk it out with the family of God, with other people who also have put God first. And that is the part that is so important. Father, we just thank you. We praise you for who you are and that all that you've done. And Lord, I pray that you truly would be the center of who we are and all we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.